0: Right, welcome to episode 7 of Badger Watch, the podcast all about the County championship cricket, based on cricket11.com, the fantasy cricket game. Last week we had three badges because Hugh was away. Hugh is back this week, so Hugh is captain of the Brian May Save the Badges. Hugh, how was your honeymoon?
1: Oh, it was lovely. I spent... Four days frantically refreshing the ECB app, just checking on the schools from the county championships. Glorious.
0: And we've had, I think, a little bit of movement again in the league tables. Um, Chev, captain of the Chevaliers, how did you get on last week?
2: Uh, straight through, still in first. My batting replacements were awful. They did. There was actually a net loss on those two, uh, and Massoud and Jennings coming in. Um, <laughs>
0: oh, did you bring Massoud back in?
2: Yeah, I gambled. Oh, my- did you pay for that yeah i thought you know i may as well just see what we can what we can do there with him hopefully increasing in value and or obviously he decreased in value thanks to his score so yeah the top scorers last week for me were keith Parker, craig overton uh, and ben compton who i've had i think pretty much from the start really
1: so um, yeah he did all right
0: Lovely. And so, Hugh, you mentioned you were refreshing frantically. Where were you doing that from, again? The
1: the, the sun lounger in uh, in the hotel in Mauritius. It was uh, it was it was quite exciting when Keith Barker. Got, I say that like I did actually do it. I didn't do it the whole time, but it was nice to see Keith Barker in amongst the wickets, particularly when they took Mohammed Abbas off, because I know a few other a few other members of the group have Mohammed Abbas. So um, yeah, it wasn't a great week for me. It was a middle of the road week. Um, Simon Harmer was my captain, and five wickets in the second inning certainly helped after his first innings, naught. Um, so that was minus 40 for my skipper. Yep. Um, but uh, a few runs for Ben Duckett, but didn't get a bat in the second dig. Big. So, yeah, it was a middle, middle of the road week. Lost a bit of ground on the leaders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Bears Badges, Howard, how did you go? Uh,
3: yeah, similar. Um, decent week, nothing spectacular. Um, Toby Roland jones was my star man with 426 points. He got 10 wickets, a couple of catches, and a couple of runs. Um, he did that the week after I made him captain, which was a slight sting in the tail. <laughs> Um, had yeah, Craig Overton and Mohammed Abbas, who, as Hughes alluded to, was my captain this week. And I was absolutely livid to see Keith Barker churning through 13 overs unchanged from one end. Um, when Mohammed Abbas is there, taking off after six and doesn't get another look in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We should just mention that you get double points as captain, everyone. So, Therefore, that is a little bit annoying. I had a very standard week for me. I think it's probably only my second week that I've got over a thousand points. Um, yeah, and that was mainly due to um, Compton. I think he got. Um, did he get back to back hundreds? I think didn't he again?
3: I mean, he's fifty or not out in the second dig. That's
0: right. He didn't couldn't, couldn't go. And then um, I think who else got Simon Harmer. So he got three hundred seventeen points. Um, and then Cox Travaskis. Harmer and James Fuller each got over a hundred. I actually had a few guys on a buy this week. Actually, Hammond, Allsop and um, Fox, Foxy. Foxy, stuff. man! Yeah, I I didn't want to waste any any more trades because I'm quite low. Um, and then um, what else was Foxy? Was I berated myself for having Ben Mike as captain, thinking I could cheat you around the system? And um, Ben Mike was still my captain before. I <laughs> and he got minus twenty three points. <laughs>
3: back to back weeks your captain's registered a minus score.
0: <laughs> but Hang on is that is that minus 23 as captain again yeah. surely
1: it has to be an even number. Mm. Mm. Mr Cricket 11. Yeah. But the
3: other the other thing I've got a bone to pick with Mr Cricket 11 on is Keaton Jennings who I brought in after his double hundred scored I think 3 in the first innings and naught in the second innings his value's gone up by 10,000 pounds so I'm not sure I'm not sure what happened I wonder You're if there's a it.
1: delay I wonder if there's a delay in the algorithm because he didn't tell us the, the 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 formula did he I wonder if we've cracked it maybe there's a there, there's a sort of time lag yeah p-
0: possibly. no I'm pretty
2: sure it was calculated on based on something like the last three rounds or so so his average may still have gone up slightly. Um, maybe because um, for whatever reason he is even worse a game prior. You might be right, because that was only his third game. Yeah, so that's so that's why uh, yeah, you can actually get away with it for another week or so and then it starts biting uh, solid chef.
0: So top performers from the last round. Um, so we've got here the top scorers for round seven. Azar Ali. Uh, yeah, Azar Ali. How did he go? What did he, what, what did he get in the end?
3: 25, I think. He's had a really slow start to the year uh, at Worcester, isn't he? Um, couldn't it's buy close. a run for three or four yeah. games. And then so slow and, that I didn't
0: know he was playing.
3: Him and Jack Haynes the last three games, I think, have had 100 each in each game or something
1: along those lines. Jack Haynes got his first um, his 100 three games ago and he's got his second and third in the succeeding games. Um, I didn't know much about him. Um, but I did see a photo of him on Twitter, and he's got extraordinarily big ears, like <laughs> ginormous ears. So I don't know how we get to him, but one
0: to look out for there. Let's just that's tag great. him in this episode. Uh... Yeah,
1: that's the sort of insight <laughs> that you
3: can expect from uh, a nice cricketing podcast like Badger Watch. That is, that's what we take from the pick. Badger
1: set. That's what you're going to get. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, that's lovely, lads. That.
0: I mean, that's interesting. I, this doesn't happen very often, does it? Leicester bat first, get one four, eight, then Worcester get 577 and they bowl them out again. I don't know if that happens. I mean, that,
2: that happens pretty
3: much every week, doesn't it? Leicester bat first, get diddly. <laughs>
0: <or at laughs> no, I mean, up
3: 500, then bowls Leicester up again.
0: I mean, sort of the, the the team, the team second innings gets a, a hat, like get, gets way out in front and then bowls them out again in the second inning. So the team batting second only battings, bats once. I don't know if I've, maybe that is a common occurrence. I just haven't really paid attention to it. But yeah, Leicester bowled out twice for under 200 not great, is Hassan, it? Hassan Azad
1: might not be the uh, the opener I've been hoping for.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to see if there's a, a common wicket-taker within um, weight in the second dig for, for Worcester got four wickets, but it's pretty much spread evenly. That's quite nice for them, actually. Um, any other games of note? We've mentioned... will we hand over
3: to Hugh and let him talk through what I would say is the performance of the week Bias. By- yeah, that's
1: where I, I would naturally go uh, up to Old Trafford to to go and win there with, with Anderson um, and, and the likes in, in the Lancashire lineup um, is a is a is a huge win for Essex. Um, uh, hundred for Dan Lawrence to justify his selection uh, against a batting a bowling lineup like Lancashire's is 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 a good effort. And our, everyone's favourite cricketer in the competition, the big Dutchman Shane Sten- Snater. Chev, um, calm down, don't get too excited. But runs and wickets for him. Um, turning into quite a good little there is is Shane for Essex and also lovely to see uh, Jamie Porter back back bowling for Essex and a real team effort as um, Sam Cook led with four wickets in the first innings. I don't know what more he's got to do to be in the frame for for, for selection with 15 or whatever it is England Pacers out injured at the moment I appreciate he's um, he's probably not the quickest in the land but it's it's quite clear that there is a role in uh, in international cricket from the likes of Philander who, for, for someone who can who move the ball and cr- create something. So, yeah, great win for Essex. Very pleased, but hasn't been a, a great start to the season for Essex considering the standards they've set in the last few years. But um, hopefully that will get their season going.
0: Yeah, Essex, Essex seem to be bringing out sort of a, a really nice little battery of medium fast bowlers don't they in Cook, Porter, Snater does Snater any of them particularly quick or are they all sort of mid to late 70s um, But Um Porter's a little quicker than, than Cook I believe I think Cook is sort of
1: mid mid 70s I think and that's probably what's holding back Um Porter I think is is low 80s I, I don't know much about Snater I, I saw him at, at Lords in a T20 a couple of years ago playing for Essex and I would have said he was, he was into the 80s, but it's not an express face attack. They get their, their variety from Harmer.
0: Yeah, fair. But as you said, someone like Philander, Glenn McGrath, well, Glenn McGrath actually could probably push it through when he was going, but someone like, yeah, isn't it? There is room for that in, in, in test match cricket, isn't there? It's just if you can control it every single ball for overs at end, I suppose. Lovely. And then did anyone see, just whilst we're on the name Cook, did anyone see Alistair Cook's dismissal midweek for the Bedfordshire Farmers?
3: I did. It's not a shot you see from him in too many test matches, was it?
0: No, I don't think. I mean, it doesn't seem like he was taking it all that seriously, but what, what a wicket for a 15-year-old lad playing for, was it Potton or someone like that? I can't remember who it was for, but... Potton,
1: yeah, in Bedfordshire.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then we mentioned uh, we mentioned Keith Barker, didn't we? What did he do in the second innings against Somerset? Somerset's sixty nine all out. That's extraordinary. Who had him in their team?
1: I think Chev and I six wickets. I think he took in a, in a game where the first innings were were both quite close. There wasn't much in the game. I think well, I think there was seventy in the game or sixty eight in the game because they got the bottom up sixty nine and knocked the one off to to win. So without wanting to to Chev them completely, Hampshire look a good side with the uh, addition of of Gubbins in in the batting to to firm them up a bit um, and that bowling attack. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Mohammed Abbas. Is he? Is he returning home or is he here for the whole season? He's returning home.
3: Uh, yeah, that's him done now. So he's
1: he's one that needs to go from, from my 11. And do we know if Hampshire are planning on re- replacing him? Because, you know, they're in with a sniff, I'd say, with, uh, you know, a similar uh, bowler to, to lead their attack. I wonder if they might even go for a, a sort of frontline spinner for the back end of the summer. I don't know. Um, but I wonder if they'll replace Mohamed Abbas.
3: Well, yeah, they've got Mason Crane, who sat on the sidelines so far haven't they but um, I, I don't know whether he's being replaced actually but we'll, we'll see
0: just a, just a word on Keith Barker I'm just reading about him now and, and, and his Cricket his Info profile is a former footballer who was signed as a batsman Keith Barker actually made his name as a left arm swing bowler declining the offer of a Lancashire contract when he was 16 he pursued a career in football it's extraordinary isn't it he hasn't played once but he hasn't even played for Lancashire so he played for played for Warwickshire first did he is that right and yeah, he, yeah, is at Warwickshire. Yeah. And then, why does anyone know why he would have left Warwickshire if he's this sort of he gets wickets for fun? Were they just clearing out their, their sort of older statesman, maybe? And then Hampshire picked him up. But I mean, he's sort of turning into one of those cult county cricketers, isn't he? Where they sort of does everything really right and, and again, never probably doesn't get picked for England, I wouldn't imagine, at 35 years old now. But he must be good. He, I mean, his first class average bowling is. 24.43, and I imagine, again, he's probably just not quick enough, is he, for higher honours?
3: I think so, but more than that, I think he'd be in the all-rounder category because I don't know if you've got the stats in front of you, but I think his batting average is comfortably above his bowling average, which is the measure of a first-class all-rounder, isn't it? Um, Actually,
0: you say, yeah. Yeah, average is 28 with the bat and 24. Is really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe horses for courses because I suppose back in his, his heyday, there would have been... Sort of not just Stokes coming through, but when he was a lot younger, maybe doing stuff for Warwickshire, I, I imagine there were other people around at the time in terms of... I guess
1: to be a all-rounder though, you probably want to be batting at six or seven, and no disrespect, averaging 28 is not really that all, all-rounder numbers, that's good number eight numbers in test cricket to make that step up.
0: Yeah, that's true, that's probably right, isn't it?
3: Um, it, was, it was swinging it. Round corners against Somerset that second innings, though, if you see some of the wickets, who's getting a lot yeah. of movement still uh, uh, just quick enough.
1: He, for he, he does, from what I've seen on... And I, it's, isn't it great having this uh, all the Envy live cameras? You know, you can watch a bit more county cricket and you can have an opinion on players that you might not have seen before. But I've in someone in someone like Barker, he's got the ability to change it up bowling around the wicket as well. And you see him bowling at... Um, right handers round the wicket and it's a complete change of angle. And when you've got a left arm involved from wider degrees round the wicket, it really is something different, which a lot of right handers don't see too much of.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think that's the great, the great thing about you can we can actually like actually have an opinion on people now, mm. um, in terms of sort of you can watch them. And I think that's absolutely amazing. I think I mean Somerset there, okay, they they have we, I think they've got a good side on paper here. And they're getting bowled out for 211-69. Mm. I mean where are they on the table at the moment eighth i mean that's not a eighth isn't really a, a place that you'd probably put Somerset would you, you
3: mentioned it before me we, we sort of said that as a batting lineup they can look a bit fragile and, and i think a bowling lineup as strong as Hampshires will go to a place like Taunton and think that we could we could run through this um, side on our day and i think that's um well obviously what happened this week and i think it's that side of it's that side of things that will hold them up this year i think
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to think. And Toby Rowland-Jones, Howard, you had him in your team, didn't you?
3: I did, yeah.
0: How did, uh, where he did his Ten weekend? wickets
3: for him, six, six in the second innings. Um, and a, another impressive win for Middlesex, actually, against uh, a Durham side that had just chalked up a, a pretty impressive win the, the week before of their own. No Matty Potts, I think. Probably, I don't know, but I'm assuming it was on ECB orders. I think he'd played the first six games, Um not missed Mr. a not Mr. match, so they probably want him fresh for the test match if he does get a call-up. Um, so I imagine that was the reason he missed out, but um, Stokes is back in there for Durham, and they look at a little decent side Durham, but Middlesex are able to, to get the job done.
0: Yeah, I mean, Durham looking okay, because they've got, I mean, it's not, even without pots there, they've got Rushworth, Salisbury, Rain, Car Stokes, and Travaskis to bowl. I mean, it's a good bowling lineup that they're, mm. they're going as runs against. But um, you look
1: at their results this year They're, they've underwhelmed Durham. Um, considering you look at that lineup with a batting order with Borthwick, Beddingham, Stokes, the, the last two, you would have said that really they, they should be up right up the top of the, the division two table, but they've sort of underwhelmed. Where by comparison, I think Middlesex have exceeded the sum of their parts because I mean, sure, Shaheen Afridi. Did take some wickets, but he's not necessarily their leading wicket taker. They've not been built around him. And, um, you know, the the Middlesex a year or so ago were in a
0: bit of a, a dismal state uh, in counter championship cricket. They look like they've turned things around, though. Well, I think, I mean, the, the return of Roland Jones must be massive, right? I mean, he's an international quality bowler who probably still would be playing for England, I think, if he didn't get injured. So, I mean, he got 10 wickets in the game, top order wickets as well in Terms of the second innings, got Lees, Jones, Peterson, Borthwick, all the top four. There must be one that's
3: been a big part of what they've done this year as well. He's uh, got runs again this week, following up two fourth innings, hundreds back to back, one to win the game, one to save the game. Um, so he's he's looking strong. I think he was third top run scorer in the in the Champo last year, and he's going to be back up there again this year.
0: Yeah, Robson Stoneman, I mean, that's um. It's a decent opening partnership, and I think they did have Robbie White down at number four. But Atherton's son Dakares is that the right pronunciation? Dakares, yeah, he's coming in at number four now. Um, so yeah, that's pretty decent. Surrey had a bye this week, didn't they? For the Surrey fans of, of the two of you, um, yeah, I thought
3: we'd give the league a bit of a chance to catch up this week.
0: Chef, <laughs> who stood out for you this week? For you,
2: don't really know.
0: Well, I, I, I was
2: more looking at my players and, and just... Being worried about whether I I was going to get caught uh, at the top of the, the leaderboard and actually looking at specific games. Um, also, who stood
3: out, you, Jeff? Ben Compton. Sorry.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, of course, but yeah, no, I was more, the the one thing I, that yeah, Ben Compton was the only one really that stood out. Everything else was I don't know. I, I wasn't really looking at um, the games as much. Simply because Surrey weren't playing, so it was a week off and. Um, um, yeah, wasn't really too worried about everyone else. Um,
0: so you mentioned Ben Compton. He has overtaken Shah Massoud, I think.
3: He has. I've done a little digging on him, which I will oh, share with you. So he's, only, he's only played 16 first-class games, 10 of which have been this year, so in 2022. First four of them in a Zimbabwean league, um, which I can't attest to the quality of it, but um he's now averaging, we've got a first-class average of 70, and um, with this year alone he's averaging 118 through 10 first class games uh, six of those have been did one county games and he's got 880 odd runs in division one so far um, at, at basically 100 so um, very I, I would say very short career so far in the first class game but you, there's only so long you can ignore that type of form for
0: Yeah, I mean, my brother sent me a message today and he was watching as well. He said, Ben Compton, we will be playing for England later this summer. Great simple technique with zero trigger movement against pace with a slight press for front spinners. Some great techers. And you should talk about him on your podcast. (laughs) So here we are talking about. He's he's the anti-Crawley. He couldn't be any more different at the other end. Perhaps Crawley could do with opening his eyes and having a look. I mean, and on that, we've had, I mean, we've had is he is Ben Compton selected in this county eleven to play against um yeah he has. So this this county eleven selected to play against New Zealand. Obviously, this is we were talking midweek, weren't we, that this county eleven is probably mixed of reward for for performances, but also maybe hampered by the fact that some people will be playing in the blast and all that sort of stuff. But Ben Compton's in there.
1: Um yep. I heard on commentary, sorry to interrupt, I heard on commentary of the I heard on the commentary for the Kent game this evening that uh, first-class status has been removed from this game because New Zealand want to chop and change their players
0: Uh, uh, throughout the
1: game. So, yeah, I think hence why it was quite a uh, an odd squad picked with some some unique names amongst some of the uh, some of the more recognizable names.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. I actually don't like it when when they do that for um, warm-up games. The chop and change. I understand that everyone needs to go, but
3: um off the course now isn't it yeah yeah, just
0: I just it doesn't I mean I just don't understand how the opposition can take it seriously when Kane Williamson might get to 50 and then just retire it's just like mm, can't be bothered um but that's just my opinion um just looking at squad I mean the people have probably been rewarded Burgess, Gubbins, Haynes, Ryan Patel that we spoke about a few times haven't we um paterson white porter ollie robinson so there's a, a couple of lads that have gone on a little bit unknown ben gibbon Lyndon james maybe are the least least well known dom sibley's in there simplified technique i think we've all seen um but yeah i mean any other games that anyone else is sort of like looking at this week that have been out of the ordinary or this will be quite quite par for the course isn't it this week um Runs and wickets. I mean, talking of sort of runs and wickets, did anyone see the news of, of the balls that Steve Ball, uh, Scott Steve Borthwick, the Saracen's um, Saracens coach, probably doesn't have an opinion on the Duke's ball, but Scott Borthwick did um, yeah. in respect to, he look, thinks they're a bit like plasticine, basically, don't they? I mean, that's quite interesting to hear.
3: Yeah, and the, the manufacturers have come out and I think admitted that there have been issues with certain batches of the balls. And I think I remember reading that Borthwick's opinion was based on that game against Glamorgan, where they, they changed the ball seven times, I think at least five times in a day um, just because it was going very soft very early. And there's a general feeling, I think, that the, the seam isn't as pronounced this year as it has been in previous years from the Duke's ball. So generally the the batters are, are very happy, but the bowlers are less
2: so.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think... Um... Broad's also come out right and said the same thing. I mean, I think about. It, I mean, the ball going out of shape isn't the bat isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't think, no it is the worst. It's not great for the bowlers at all. Sorry. So the, the ball the ball the ball going out of shape is not what you want. But I think you know it is nice to see a lot of our batsmen getting runs, and it'd be interesting to see if, if those selected who have got runs in the um, county championship have gone on in the England squad to to get runs as well. If that form translates, or basically, the new Duke's ball is going to get everyone out. Can you
1: imagine? The uproar in the football Premier League, if the ball changed, you know, if, if it was such a variable, you know, cricket's such an odd sport at times that the ball can be a variable to, to, to the performance and outcome of the game. Um, right, my big question is, is the Test match ball going to be from the same batch or do they go back to last year's batch? How, how does it work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of Test cricket, whether they have a, a slightly different uh, ball from Dukes or whether it's the same one. Because um, I know in the West Indies Test cricket they use a Dukes, but it's a different type of Dukes. I don't understand how it works.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting you say that because I think I, I only really, football. The only thing about balls I remember was maybe in one of the World Cups in Africa was it that maybe it behaved a little bit differently in the air at one point the new ball. But yeah. you're right. Yeah, I don't think
3: Jabulani. I believe it was in South Africa. <laughs> Each football knowledge for you. That's lovely.
0: Talking of translating runs and hopefully the ball not getting um, our England batsmen out if they do use the new Dukes in the Test Series, um, are we happy with the county championships um, representation of form translating into England selection? What do we reckon about? We've got Stokes, Anderson, Bairstow, Broad, Brook, Crawley, Folkes, Leach, Lees, Overton, Potts, Pope, Root. Is that a fair representation of the first couple of games form?
1: I think it's a balance between form and incumbents. It's always difficult to to give to get rid of guys who haven't um, haven't done necessarily anything wrong in test cricket to lose their space. I know I'm I know I'm always the first to criticize Crawley, but it was only three test matches ago. He did score a hundred and four, but he scored seventy in Sydney or five. So I, I, I think he deserves a crap. He's maybe coming to form in the last game with, with a pair of fifties and hopefully he's got to do everything to get himself ready for for lords, I like Harry Brook being picked in amongst it. I think it's yeah. good to get him into the setup. I'm not sure they'll pick him. I don't know if anyone else has got any thoughts on that. I think they will go with Bearsto personally
0: Chev, being a sports administrator yourself for the London Wayfarers Hockey Club, would you, is that, a, is, that a, is that a picking people on historic form compared to current form? Like, what's your take on? I'm looking at Bearsto, maybe someone like. I don't want to ask. I will ask you about Pope, but I know that you're a sorry fan, so you might have a biased opinion. But do you think it's a balance? Well, no, of- look,
2: well it's, everything is biased, isn't it? But I think we spoke about Bearstow last week, in, uh, and 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 sort of well, we concluded, not necessarily all of us, but um, and that maybe he was not the one to be picked for this for this squad based on others performing well, um, and maybe better placed to to get into the squad. So obviously as soon as we spoke about it the next day, he's, um, he's in the squad. But So, yeah, I wasn't necessarily convinced about him being in there, but, uh, yeah, uh, as Hugh said, probably uh, one where they just looked at his past performances uh, at test level. And then uh, Olly Pope, yeah, you know, he's, we continue to consider him the future uh, of England, English cricket. So, uh, yeah, also with what he did uh, in, in county cricket again, you gotta consider him and and actually um, yeah bring him along and um, it's one of those that yeah should be in this court uh, for the summer and, and and see where you get to. Uh, so yeah, no worries, no worries about him whatsoever. Best though, I'm not convinced about.
0: I think the, fa- the, f- the fact about Ollie Pope is I don't think anyone disagrees that he should be in and around England squads. I think everyone realises that you can go on about his form at the Oval, but, you know, we need to pick people who are in form and stuff. But I think Matt Roller, the quick info um, journalist the other day, said, you know, he said, you know, Oli Pope, Oli Pope's average at three, like zero, because he, he hasn't really ever, I don't think he's ever played a a game at a first class cricket yeah. at three and i i think that's the frustration for someone like ollie pope right is that he scores all of his runs at a certain position for surrey and in the Canada championship and then suddenly you're giving him the most unfair advantage by coming out and saying he'll bat three for england which is arguably one of the most difficult things to do against a new zealand attack which is an absolute gun attack in england with the dukes ball you're not really helping him are you
3: I don't think you are, but we've been or mentioned on here. I think it, it's time that people need to, to step up and, and take their chances, isn't it? And we've, we've said before how... In, in the old days, you might you might make your name at five or six, and then progress up the order, a la Ricky Ponting, or, or Steve Smith of Australia, and, and you might settle on batting at three or four. Well, um, I think Pope's got to look at it as as his chance. I don't think I don't think he was getting a place in the middle order, given what what Bairstow and Brook have done. So if it's a choice of bat at three for England or go back to the County Championship, he's going to want to he's going to want to bat three and and take his chances, and not he? And it's it's. A great opportunity for him. It won't be easy, but as I say, great opportunity for him if if he's as good as uh as Chiv and I believe he is, then <laughs> hopefully he can, can come through and make that position his own for the next
0: 10 years. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully I mean I no one I mean I think the thing is that no one wills these people to do better more like well more than we do. So hopefully he does come good. But I just it's a shame that he's never batted at three and we have to put him in there. It's a bit annoying I think. But I think with all the news that we've had about the England team and county's 11 select team and all, everything going on, um, I was just trying to get some sort of under-the-radar news that has gone on in um, the county championship. I think one that actually went completely under the radar, and it was a couple of weeks ago, was Adam Wheater's retirement, which, for all intents and purposes, seems a little bit too early. Essex keeper, stalwart, had a go at Hampshire for a bit. Hugh, is there any... Any insight as a as an Essex fan as to what's going on there? So, so he's thirty two. I guess his career at Essex, um, obviously, two spells. The second
1: one, part of the most one of the most successful times uh, for for the club in living memory, with three championships in five years and a and a white ball trophy in the twenty twenty. So, he he was a huge part of that. He's thirty two. The first time, his first part at the club was shadowing. James Foster, and you can see why you'd leave after that. Yeah. Um, he went to Hampshire, um, made his name as a as, as a established his name as a cricketer, a first class cricketer, and and came back to to all that success. I think if I was him, I would be. I'd, my, my nose would be a little out of joint if you brought in Rossington. I understand from what I've heard, Rossington has been brought in for principally for the white ball setup. I think he's going mm-hmm. to open the batting in the twenty twenties. Um so it, it's interesting then that maybe we saw his chances limited in um in the white ball game as a result and, and announced his, his retirement and it, it looks like that Essex have then made a sort of counter move and, and given Russington the gloves for the four ball, uh the four day up So um he's thirty-two, like I say. I I don't think he's got loads of other counties probably that will be queuing up to sign him. There's a plethora of young wicketkeeper batsmen in the country. He's 32. Who's gonna who's I don't think some of the smaller clubs would be able to afford what he's probably yeah. earning at Essex. True. Um and so I think he's probably saying, right, okay, at some point I've got to quit this game. Maybe it's now.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean you would say you've got one end of the spectrum is Darren Stevens is is what's he now forties and he's you know 32 is extremely young. But I suppose Wheater does not have the transferable numbers that Darren Stevens has. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose maybe the uh, like uh, I'm trying to think. Nearly why? You, why is everyone laughing at that?
1: A uh, Howard on the the Zoom chat. Sorry, we're not laughing at you, Spenny, because I think I mentioned Adam Wheat is 32 three times. Oh so, yeah, uh, on the Zoom chat, all the time. Anyway, he is he there to think. To Does anyone know how old he is?
0: The point. The, <laughs> the point does stand that he is. um Yeah, you it's know, young. It's a young man's game. It's an old man's game. Actually, cricket man. like people are getting fitter. He. Apparently, as a keeper, probably is one of the fitter ones on the circuit. But you're right, it's a really good point. About Kent, have probably got three keepers. I think Hampshire have got three keepers. It is, it's, a, it's not actually. You look like, around the, the Division One teams, and most of them are playing two keepers. I mean, one today, time. today in the 2020, <laughs> Cola Cadmore's keeping. So if you think um, Yorkshire have probably got three, if you include him, yeah, it's. They've got Duke,
1: Tapet and Cola Cadmore. And then you uh, have got Burgess and Davies. Sorry, you're the no, you're
0: right. Worcester Worcester have got Roderick and Cox. Um, it's one of those positions when you're younger, no one has a keeper, but then actually, the higher you go, there's only what one or two positions for one person. So, yeah, maybe he can earn more money elsewhere and stuff like that. It's interesting. Another one we talked about Middlesex earlier today, didn't we? How well they're going, but Hanscom's leaving them. Um, I thought there was a bit of gossip there, but it's not. It's just that he's been selected for the Australia A side. Um, but then he is returning home. Um, but then they've got Peter Milan, who's just signed for the rest of the championship. He's the South African opening batsman, mm. isn't he? So that's a that's sort of there to bolster their their batting. So actually, I think Middlesex, although they lose Hanscom, who's been quite a big part of their series season so far, I think.
3: Do we you know who's taking the captaincy over? Because that was Hanscom, wasn't it?
0: Good point. Mm. So this, is, I think, this would interest you, Tim Murta. Is taking over the captain's so, sex. So, Murta, I think, has been club captain
1: for the last couple of years. I don't quite know what that means as opposed to captain. I guess, given that Murta's the wrong side of 40, it's sort of a, a leadership amongst the club role, and someone else might captain them on the pitch if he's injured and doesn't quite make it into the team.
0: I think it's guess. one of those I want more money, but they don't justify <laughs> age, therefore, we'll make you club captain, and that adds a bit of wage on for you. Um, Apologies, Tim Murta. if you ever listened to this podcast? I don't know if that is the case. Um, the one
1: time he listens
0: in and you are you're having a go at him. I'm slagging him, even though he did bowl really well for Ireland against England. Well done. Um, yeah. So I mean Tim Murta taking over as skipper of the Red Bull team though. I mean, you would have thought he's I mean he's a pretty old head, isn't he? He'll probably do that okay. But it is surprising maybe that they haven't got someone else in. Typically, mm. you don't really see many bowlers as captains, do you? In the cat in, in the Ciampo, I think. Yorkshire
1: no, no, is uh, Patterson yeah you don't, you don't see many in cricket Cummins in Australia, but there aren't that many else uh, that many others around really. Spin bowlers, maybe The Tory comes to mind. Um, but uh, you know going back to your point about talking about some of the, the, the quieter news in the championship game, I seem to remember and perhaps I was one of them at the end of the ashes saying we needed massive reform in the county championship. We're not producing the right kind of cricketers. Maybe I'll go backward on what I said then. I didn't know what it looked like, but we've just come to the end of the first seven rounds of championship cricket. How good's it been? The quality has been fantastic. It makes such a difference when we've got England players back. We've yep. got good pitches and a balance between bat and ball and some high quality overseas pros. I think the, the plethora of Pakistani players has really lifted the standard. I think it's been some really good cricket to watch.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the amount of the balance seems quite an old-school balance at the moment of old stalwarts, really good overseas players and England players playing in the county championship. I, I completely agree. Who do you think's been... Who would you say is your standout... Howard, who's your standout player of the first section of this these this round of games?
3: Are we talking English or just championship as a whole? I would say championship as a whole. Then I would have to go with Shan Masood. Masood. Yeah,
2: Brilliant.
3: Absolutely. For someone, I guess, who, I don't know you say, go back to my, my comment, he haven't got a great record in England, but <laughs> having not played county cricket before, to, to come over and have the immediate impact from from the first game that he did, I think the, was it the first four games, he was absolutely sensational for, for Derby. Um, just, yeah, to be able to, to adjust to English conditions, English April conditions that quickly and have the impact he, he had was sensational.
0: Captain of the Derbyshire T20 squad, which we'll get to probably a bit later, but that's a nice little coup. Chev, any any uh, any disagreements or agreements with that? Anyone else that you want to bring to the foray?
2: No, I definitely agree with uh, Masood. I, I I was just looking at the um, the price changes for the season uh, in in uh, Cricket Eleven, and uh, Masood is second uh, in terms of increase. Uh, Sean Dixon is just one spot is in top spot so one one above him uh but yeah if you just look at the ones that we've been talking about quite a bit also today uh, harry brook in third ben compton the fourth be uh, is in fifth and then brood guest who uh, again derbyshire uh i have also had in my team for quite a bit now but and um, so yeah those are the, the basically uh, just in terms of price changes and therefore performance um, um uh, just to stand out players and uh but yeah Masoud for for one there's a reason why I brought him in even though uh, it didn't go to plan this week um but uh I wasn't the only one to bring him back um um uh, definitely Howard and I were not the only ones bringing Keaton Jennings uh, uh to uh to our dismay with what he did um but um uh, I guess he was the top trader player actually uh, this week um yeah so that's those are the obvious ones i think the um the most uh overpriced player so far after seven rounds was uh, definitely uh uh stevens uh who um uh, obviously they they gambled on uh, continuing to perform in this uh how old is he Hugh? um uh, forty i think he's i think he's 46 there he's you go 46 yeah can anyone else say 46 so that we can match it up with the 32 mentioned earlier? But, um, yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I think he's the one who's probably disappointed most people in terms of um, what he's been able to do for so long, uh, even though he's getting on with it. I think as we I, move...
1: Mean, yeah. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, but I think it's easy to act lyrical about the batters, but as we did discuss, it has been a dry spring and the balls haven't been great. Um, I don't know how many players have got more than 700 runs and I don't know if anyone's got stats at hand to be able to tell us but to me and to my mind I think arguably someone who should be mentioned for the performer of the first half of the season is Matt, Matty Potts up at, at Durham mm. where, you know, pitchers haven't done as much as they'd normally do at this start of the season and he's bowled with pace um, and he's attacked the stumps and um, it's it's really encouraging to see someone with a little bit more pace and I think he's rightly been rewarded with selection, which obviously means he'll carry the drinks all summer and not play another game in the campo, but that's how we do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Potts has got 35 wickets with a plasticine ball. He looks pretty good, doesn't he, I think. I'm excited to see how he goes. And just on your point, yeah, I mean, on the batting, is sharmasu has got 844 bat- uh, runs this season, and then Brook has got 840. So, um, yeah, I think Potts is called up as brilliant, and I think... Um, I think it's pretty exciting. Hopefully, if he gets to go, I can't see how they can't give him a go. But we'll get onto that later, maybe. But
2: in the oh,
0: in but yeah, I mean, have, hopefully, he gets to go and goes well. But as this does come to an end, it brings obviously the T20 rounds, which has kicked off as we are podding right now. Um, are we excited for? We've, I mean, we last minute, you know, being a county championship cricket podcast, we were a bit like, oh, we hate Twenty Twenty. But a nine thirty WhatsApp from Hughes today said, "I think we should do a league." So we've done one, and we panicked, did some teams. So, who wants to go first? Who is who selected? Who who thinks is going to go well? What, what 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 do the Badgers reckon about the T Twenty this season? Just just a couple of highlights for me. I've gone one English batter in Miles Hammond. The rest is overseas in Masood Phillips and Labashan. Um, and then I've just gone heavy on spin with Parkinson, thompson and carter anyone else got anything else to sort of add to the 2020 this season
3: well you've you've already tucked into this hue but chev and i have gone for will jacks as an all-rounder opened up for <laughs> surrey last year scored his runs at very good pace and bowls a bit of spin and as we said a couple of weeks ago is his spin bowling seems to come on leaps and bounds so he might play a more important part with the ball this year as well it, not been unknown for him to to open the innings with
1: the ball as well.
0: Mm. That is true actually.
1: For me, like you've mentioned already, but Glenn Phillips at Gloucestershire is my captain. He literally does do everything. Um, yeah. a bit like myself really a keeper, batsman, bowler. Um, you know, there aren't many of those in the game. Um, Ed Pollock at Worcestershire, I like the look of he had a good year at Warwickshire. Well, sorry, had a good couple of years at Worcestershire, went to Warwickshire, didn't quite work out for him, but is is back at Worcestershire where it all began and has been Sort of, it looks like the way he's battered in the championship has been preparing for the T20 campaign. He's got to just blast it from the off. Um, I like the look of Shadab Khan for Yorkshire, but he's missing a few games in the middle, um, going to, to play the West Indies in, in Pakistan for just three T20s. So he does come back to make the back end of the, the tournament. And again, I think there's a few of us who are going long on spin.
0: Um, and I've got Jake Lindtot and Matthew Carter and Knox as well in the side. Linton's extraordinary story. He was at Gloucester for a bit, and then went to go teach, and then got picked up again at Warwickshire, didn't he?
3: I think I believe he's still a teacher, isn't he? Um, when when he was playing last year, he was uh, saw some interviews with him, and he'd, he'd bowl on Sky Sports one night. He'd be back in the classroom at nine o'clock the next morning,
0: tell oh, his kids about that. who he was who
3: was dismissing the night before, and then he'd he'd go back and play for Warwickshire
1: again.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard on the on the MCC circuit that he will play. 2020 cricket, go play club cricket, then go play three-day cricket. And then, yeah, you know, basically if he's not teaching or he's playing cricket and he doesn't matter who he plays for, he just loves playing cricket, apparently. Brilliant. Um, I mean, that's life-changing stuff for him. We've got picked in the PSL, right, as well. Yeah, and I, th- and I think the CPL, I think Darren Sammy got them out to the CPL.
1: Really? I'm sure, Or, or it might have been Carlos Brathwaite. There was a – it would have been Carlos Brathwaite when they were at um, – Birmingham Bears and whatever they're called
0: in the 100. Chef, who are you banking on? Who's your, who's your bets this season?
2: Um, well, obviously, Bill Jack's already mentioned. Um, what I really liked about it when I was looking at it earlier is that there's so many all-rounders to choose from and I actually felt like uh, it, it was a, a much more difficult task than it would be in the county at the moment because there's basically none there. Uh, and here, you've just got too many. Um, so I went for uh, Liam Livingston, listeners all-rounder. Um, Is he projects. back yet? Um, I, I think he's... Well, I'm hoping he's back, otherwise uh, he's, he's sitting up first.
0: Time.
2: <laughs> um, he was not listed as unavailable, so I'm hoping uh, the, um, uh, the whole thing was up-to-date. Um, uh, it's not up-to-date in terms of... Um, uh, uh, one player in particular who's still listed as a Sussex player, Chris Jordan, uh, so sort of put him in a team. Uh, and the other one that I'm hopeful uh, uh, that he's actually going to do well again uh, in T20 is Ben Duckett. Um, yeah, I went for Duckett as well.
3: He's listed uh, as a keeper. Okay. He'll bet high up. Um, sort of made his name in the blast a few years ago, didn't he? Before uh, getting first class runs. He, did. he took- Took, was it, it was North Northants at the time, took them all the way to finals day. They might have, I think they won it that year as well. I think he got an 80-odd in the final
0: That's right. And then
3: Josh Cobb got them home in the final. But um, yeah, I think he's been in, in great nick in the championship, hasn't he? So I've gone with him as well for the blast.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I've gone the, the wily old Gloucester Benny, Benny Howell as my all rounder. He actually didn't do as well for me last season. Um, but I find with the 2020 it's so difficult to drop and change because I don't really know where the rounds happen in this game. like yeah, I assume, I assume the next three days is all the same round all the next four, four days.
3: I think it's longer than that. There's sixteen games this round,
1: I think.
0: right, okay. So Lancashire. And, and a few a teams day. play
1: twice. So you can try and game the system to get your yeah. subs in, but that's just too much for
0: I can't, and my brain's not big enough for that. So it's just fly by the seat of my pants. Maybe last point on the blast. Is that the problem with with this at the moment with cricket, do you think? And following it is you know, you've got the counter championship, which they've made quite simple. It's all played in the same rounds, but then now you've got the blast, and you've got a lot of a lot of cricket being played, which I think is brilliant. But then you've then got the hundred to think, and then you've then got the fifty overs. And Maybe we're getting into a topic that is actually one podcast episode anyway. But it's a lot of cricket to try and follow for the for the fan. And I, you know, is it is that too complicated for the for the average pundit? Is, it, is I, it too I
3: think the bigger problem with this is that the counties are being hard done by by moving the blast, which is their money spinner, into a period of time where you're in the you're not in the school holidays anymore. Um, a lot of the kids have got exams on. Mm-hmm. This is going to take out a lot of um, the audience from people that were turning up to the Blast two or three years ago when it was played over the school holidays and in the evenings yeah. and when people were coming down. And it, it's been done so that we can get more money into the sort of franchise stuff, the hundred stuff, which is obviously being pushed very heavily by the ECB, but to the detriment of the the counties, I think.
0: I wanted to buy tickets today to a 2020 at Lords, and none of them fell in a period that we could buy them, which your point Howard and then I ended up buying tickets for the 100 woe is me um it
1: it it I just think there's too many forms of cricket three there was a good equilibrium I'm not I'm not completely against the 100 I, I think there is a market for it I just think there are in having four formats in the 100 2020 the one day comp and the four days I just think there's too much I think you're asking too much of your professionals. We've got how many bowlers out injured at the moment and it's not even begun. We're asking a lot and therefore it has to water down the quality of cricket throughout the summer if there's more injuries and the bigger squads required. quiet. Chev,
0: what format are you getting rid of?
2: Uh, the 100. It's too artificial. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the 100, I mean, I mean if it if they had rebranded a normal T20 competition, which obviously they can get done with the counties and everything involved, uh, but this is just too artificial. It's not played anywhere else in the in the world. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think yet. But I also I'm not convinced uh, with the likes of IPL being as successful successful as they are at the moment that they really need that they, they will be looking at that anytime soon. say for the Big Bash. So you know I think uh, I would much rather go to a T20 game at Surrey than the hundred. Mm. Uh, and also I I actually looked at tickets for the hundred the other day. Uh, even though it's included in our membership, so we don't actually have to purchase them, but uh, to see if, if, if anyone would come along. And I remember last year them being really cheap and cheerful in terms of pricing, uh, so that you could go to the games. And now, I think for the last game uh, of the, the home games, I think for an, an adult ticket price of 46 quid for a shorter yeah, well, format than a T20, it's, in that sense, it's just insane. Luckily, it's not the same everywhere around the country, so these are London prices, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just... Um, it's, it's quite quickly moving away from that family-friendly environment. Say so that again,
3: yeah. How much was the adult ticket? £46. 46,
2: pounds.
1: 46. Wow. Yeah. So Wow. So I guess if... the, the Oval crowd last year was an extension of the 2020 crowds. It was boozed up young professionals. Mm. I didn't see that many families there, um, and I guess you, you've got to try and... I wonder how much a junior's ticket is in comparison, which, if they need to try and change the pricing. But, you know, Chev, are you aware you now sound like a 65-year-old Yorkshireman? Yeah, I'd say, I hate the 100. How much? I hate the 100. Change it all. Change it all. I
2: probably probably sound like you last year.
0: more. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, No, I think it's an interesting debate, isn't it? I think the whole...
2: Yeah, the only thing I'm thinking is is that if they want to make that a family-friendly event and then just, you know, let's say mum and dad are going with two kids. Also, the kids' prices will be will be relatively uh, low, but they're also low for the T20, so that makes no difference. But if you're then, you know, spending 90 quid on just two tickets to get, or 100 quid on tickets to just go to one game, yeah, you know, who are they trying to reach if it's not already cricket crowd in a relatively well-off area? So, yeah. you know, I think it's, um, they're pricing themselves out of the market, really, for a shorter concept.
1: But, but actually, does the concept is it the ticket sales that make the 100? Or is it the fact that however many games are on free-to-air are really what's going to drive cricket from the 100? That's and point. for me, that's the biggest thing about it. Is we've got cricket on free-to-air TV. Yes, it's got a funny name and a format, but it is still cricket and it's on free-to-air TV. And that is a huge positive.
0: So my fiancé wants to go to a cricket match because we saw the women's match on the BBC in lockdown last year. And it's great. That's the reason why we're going. Um, there you are. It was in lockdown... In, well, yeah, but in the, same, in the same vein that we also went to go watch a Harlequins women's game because we saw the England Red Roses play on the BBC. So it's, it's all that sort of stuff. It is true. And I, that's what I was thinking today. I mean, my dad has got rid of Sky, so I can't now log on to his Sky via my phone. So I can't watch any of the blast. And that is really annoying. Very so I think foxy. that whole free-to-air debate is set again.
3: Very foxy.
0: Very foxy. Yeah, I mean, I could just maybe, if I really want it, pay for one myself. But it's that point, isn't it? Free to air. I think it's done really well, and I, it, I think the whole point of cricket on free to air is probably the best reason for the hundred to exist. And if that can get more people involved, yeah. I think that's probably. Yeah, it. I do
2: think. In terms I agree. Of free, yeah, I agree with that point. I think that's, uh, and again, but I also think that that could be done by making T Twenty games available. Uh, just like you know, and 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 a lot of and you've got to remember that a lot of people now watch um, uh, in in a different way than before. So the same as that, we're talking now all the time about being able to watch so many of the county games on, on basically YouTube. Yeah. So you don't have to, you don't have to have the normal free to air channels anymore that you used to have. Mm. Um, and so sort of, but I think that's a very that's a very much a positive about it. Although, watching it on TV last year, uh, the format was shorter, but with all the breaks and all the chats and everything else around it it, it, it probably took just as long, if not longer, uh, than in some cases, than, uh, than what you would have had with a T20. So, yeah. um, you know, there was not really that much time gained in that sense. So, and that was one of the big points that they made early on about how it would speed up the game, shorter format, uh, very clear time slots and everything else. It didn't feel like that last year, I was on it. So there's definitely something to be improved on that concept. But.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I think that probably brings us to the end of the episode. Chev off the long run to end the, uh, end the episode. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, we're going into a break in the, um, and we're back on June the 16th, I think, maybe, something like that on the Cancer Championship, the next rounds. So, yeah, I think until then, we've got some guests hopefully coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, a few journalists, maybe. Um, so hopefully everyone's there. The 100 marketing team, perhaps? Maybe one of the 100 marketing teams, yeah. That would be um, lovely. I might get Sophie on because she calls it the 100, which I think really annoys everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's magnificent. Oh,
1: we've got to start calling it the 100.
0: The 100. Oh, that
1: is excellent. What a note to finish on
0: yeah so yeah on that note we'll end the episode and say goodbye to everyone thank you for listening to badger watch episode seven or eight or six i don't know um and this is an unspun cricket production thank you for listening follow us on twitter um at badger watch pod um yeah and we'll see you next week thank you